Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Today on the Sandro Forte podcast, I'm joined by the rather amazing Dr. E. Sounds very mysterious, but we're going to find out more about Dr. E in a second. And he is the brains and brilliance behind the new health clinic, Human, in Chelsea. Affectionately known as Dr. E, he has created the antidote to mainstream medicine, improving health through a highly personalized approach powered by science, data, and technology. Using one's biology to understand one's past and transform one's future, their team of experts create bespoke programs to meet the specific needs of you, me, and everyone else. I am so excited to talk to this brilliant individual. Um, some of the things that he is doing and the pioneering work that he and his team are developing, uh, you have to hear about in the Sandro Forte podcast. So I have to start with a, a huge thank you to a very, very busy, successful man who's going to share lots and lots of uh, interesting information with us today and, and, a, and a bit of background. Is gonna, I, I'm going to leave the background to Dr. E because this is a fascinating backstory. So Dr. E, the mysterious Dr. E, I don't think we've ever had anyone uh, that has been referred to only by one letter. So uh, you are you are the first. You are unique on the Sandro Forte podcast. But welcome, indeed, um, to from all of our listeners around the world. Welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. An d- absolute delight to have you on the show. Absolute pleasure to be here and to share some pearls of uh, so from some some wisdom, I suppose. Um, I, I, I like to be humble, and I'm not sure if I qualify to be to be offering wisdom. But for sure, we get a lot of clients that we help on their journey towards optimizing themselves. And it's been an amazing journey for myself individually as a human and as a physician to be part of these transformational journeys. Well, I know you're a very very modest uh, individual. When we were doing our research on you, Dr. E, we, uh, we had pages and pages of notes. But rather than me give everyone your background and tell everyone what you're doing, because that would take away from, from the brilliant work that you're doing, I'd really rather it come from you. So let's start with the obvious. Um, a little bit about your background and the journey that you went on to get to where you are today. And then, of course, the next part of the question is, tell us specifically what you do at Human in Chelsea. Sure. So I'm a, I'm a physician. I'm a UK qualified and trained general practitioner. Um, prior to that, I'd worked in the stem cell industry in the US for a little while where I got exposed to a, a different way of looking at the human body. I took that lens throughout my training in medical school and in different teaching hospitals um, that I worked in, in in London and the UK and um, just started to look at the human body in a slightly different way. I'd also kind of um, worked in, you know, I, I would be what within traditional medicine, you call a kind of a portfolio doctor where we follow our interests. And I um, just was very passionate about following my areas of interests. And I ended up working in a prison, Pentacle Prison, setting up telemedicine um, with a local hospital. Um, I'd worked with uh, patients who had actually 
um, expert patients teaching other patients how to self-manage their conditions in and around diabetes. So I had a whole range of wonderful experiences um, that eventually took me towards um, creating and creating environments where I could ultimately adopt innovations in science in a safe and measured way and, and pilot them on, on, our, on our patient groups that we were working with and started that process probably about eight years ago and have and from there seeing the results that we were getting was just blown away you know and that gave me the inspiration the motivation the the mission the purpose the why for myself to continue driving to try and push the future of healthcare even if it's in my own domain um, and my own patient sets that I'm working with forwards and that's where human has eventually come into fruition and what it's all about um yeah so, that's so when, a little bit about when people walk through the door um yes in in chelsea what are they walking through the door to do to achieve they walk into human to ultimately invest in themselves to be a better version of themselves uh, you know they they they, they come in with their vehicle, because ultimately the body is a vehicle for our consciousness. They come in with, with their vehicle into a center that is designed to look at that vehicle in a much more intricate and caring and compassionate way. And obviously we use data to really guide us, a deep data collection combined with um, smart technologies that are safe, that are effective, that support your own biology, your own vehicle, your own processes in your vehicle and your engine to improve. Um, and they leave feeling different. They leave feeling healthier with that superpower of health. And you know, the reality is that the human body is slowing down after we get to a certain age. Um, and the outputs that we produce just like a car has outputs in terms of speed acceleration torque handling a human body has outputs that it produces as well in terms of resilience distress cognition brain focus attention immunity it's digestion etc etc those processes that produce those outputs start to slow down or become inefficient and what we're in the business of doing is identifying those inefficiencies earlier as you would if you took your car into the manufacturer's garage versus a typical MOT, you would be looking at the processes that produce those outputs and fine tuning them sooner rather than waiting for the car to break down. And the traditional health system is phenomenal and we're, not, we're here to support as an adjunct to the traditional health system. But the traditional health system is delivering health around a, a state of disease, mm. a state of disease that we have been trained over years to identify according to organ structural issues. And so, you know, we will, we will diagnose diabetes once you have an insufficiency in production of insulin or you, you know, as an example, or heart disease, when you've got some structural issues within the vessels of the heart, hypertension, 
when you when you've got you know your high, your your blood pressure is consistently persistently high etc and so as physicians as the healthcare system we're all looking for in our in our symptom testing in our in the questions that we ask the history taking and then the testing the um, the investigations that we do around organ problems or disease problems and then the therapies are also based around disease problems what we're looking for is around the imbalances which happens a lot earlier a lot sooner um, and gives you those fringe symptoms different types of symptoms maybe you don't feel as energetic throughout the day maybe you're you know you, you have a bit of brain fog maybe it takes you a long time to recover from a cold or you've got a lot of bloating and we look at the imbalances through a lens of how the body is interconnected and through bringing ultimately balance back to the human biology through the internal imbalances correcting those and through helping our members understand how their environment how they eat move stress have you know have a vision uh, a vision um, a value system as well you know all of how the things that they can control to influence ultimately the biology ultimately leads to a state of well-being and state of health that you can use for your advantage can i book myself in <laughs> just yeah, let's you're, go. you're you're uh, you're you've just produced a list of things and i'm thinking tick 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 brain fog tired during the day um yes we'll have a conversation <clears> offline about that uh, what i'm I, I mean you've used the motor car analogy so let's stick with that a moment you know back in the day i'm clearly a lot older than you uh but back in the day I remember a healthcare system or rather an approach to health that was very reactive. So you would take your car to the garage when there was something wrong with it. What you've done, as I understand it, is you've kind of inverted the model. And you, what you're saying now is let's let's deal with the problem before it becomes the problem. Right. So you Absolutely. are kind of um, creating the, the best possible function, the best possible vehicle um, so that that vehicle, to stick with that analogy, um, has greater longevity and therefore needs less servicing, right? Um, now, you've obviously opened a, a huge discussion um, here, Dr. E, because, you know, there's a lot of people here now listening on this podcast from, from different parts of the world who, for whatever reason, peer pressure, maybe greater cognizance around health, are either you know, taking the aesthetic route to improving themselves, or they are more aware of healthy eating. I mean, veganism, for example, has become more topical as, as, a, as a subject. Uh, exercise is something that we know people are tending to do more of. Do you, do you see a shift in general awareness around health? Are people still getting it wrong? Because I know those are people who just kind of blindly follow a mantra without really properly understanding. It sounds to me as if you've used the word science. It sounds like you have a really scientific approach to this, well-researched, uh, well-tested. Uh, any, any thoughts and comments around, you know, societal issues, demographic uh, awareness of health? Are we going in the right direction or not? I think it's my think question. We, yeah, a great question. I think we absolutely are. You know, you're, you're, we, we can look around and see the cultural shift that's happening in society. Um, that probably, for me, I, I think it started probably around five to 10 years ago, slowly. And we're, we're you know, that shift where, you know, you're probably not that much older than me. I just look fairly young. Um, 
um, from all the wonderful access to treatments that we have. Um, I'm but, definitely booking myself in then. <laughs> no, no, but what, what, what I was saying is that I think in the 90s, people were very much around work hard, play hard. It was like, you know, push your body to the limits of what you can achieve and but and you inevitable burnout, right? But take, you know, Ritalin, Adderall, sleeping tablets, all sorts of other kind of measurements to kind of enhance that stimulated state to keep going, that kind of wired and tired state. But I think now people are appreciating the importance of recovery and the importance of eating clean, looking after your body, exercising and maybe some people are exercising too hard you know that's all just human nature we come we can really get so involved with something that which is you know, another thing to potentially discuss um but uh but that shift is amazing it's amazing to see and i think there's a generational shift the younger generation are now way more caring to themselves sensitive to their body conscious of their body and um and aware that ultimately what goes in is what comes out both from food but also from stress and that's why we're seeing a lot of the younger generation not going for this the standard stable careers they're going for actually i want to work flexibly i want to have a part-time career doing this and we're recruiting all the time it's fascinating to see you know like the younger generation who apply, who just want, you know, who want to have more flexibility to their job. So I think there is a big cultural shift um, enabled by technology, enabled by, I think COVID has been a big accelerant of that as well. I think COVID has helped people realize the fragility in many ways of an uncared for body um, and the, the variability between why does someone get really sick with it and someone not get so sick with it, you know? Um, and uh, what can I do to be on this end rather than on this end? And so... We're, we're, we're at a great time, I think. We're at a really good time compared to where we've been with regards to an appreciation of health. And I, I hope that with that swell in the, in, the, in the surf, that we will see the dawn of a new type of healthcare being much more widely available and ultimately move wellness, which is very unregulated. As you said, you know, it's based on trends. It's based on influences. It's based on kind of non-medical... Um, um, approaches, but that are you know that I'm not discounting in what what uh, whatsoever. But I would love to see now the kind of scientific medical institutes, the stakeholders that des design evidence-based models to start engaging with pre-disease healthcare, which is mm -hmm. where we're at, and we're we're at the, we're we're banging that drum, you know, saying hey, we're we're here to professionalize, and we are professionalizing pre-disease healthcare through systems through um, a team you know developing teams through understanding how to apply these technologies how to apply these data points how to interpret them and training teams that deliver that and alongside and there's an ethical responsibility for myself for my team the ethical responsibility is not to keep this what these results that we're getting with um, our patients not to just keep it within the luxury space. This health should be democratized and available for everyone. Even if at one level it's through knowledge and then through, you know, because the earlier you start, you know, the, the, the better in the long mm. run for yourself, right? Um, and so we're, we're, what, what are we doing about that? And it's our mission statement to pioneer a new era of healthcare for the benefit of humanity. So we're 
attached to research institutes. We're collecting our data, we're interpreting that data, we're pushing out publications with a view to change the mindsets of the healthcare system and the institutionalized um, healthcare system that are stuck in this disease state. That is very important because people will always have disease, will always come up with cancers and heart disease and other problems. However, you know, we can start to reduce a lot of that if we're working at uh, much earlier. And there is a swell of interest coming from the healthcare practitioner world as well, which is really nice to see. We're always getting doctors and allied healthcare professionals asking to intern with us, to work with us, to learn and to be part of the human journey. Um, so we're excited. That's why I'm here on, the, on, on your pod, podcast to, to, to kind of share some of these things that we do. Yeah. Good for you. Well, I've heard a word three times, I think it is now, and I would like to, to focus on it and just talk about this for a couple of minutes, if we may, A, because you're eminently qualified to talk about it, but also because I think I'm right in saying <clears throat> out of the 180 odd guests we've had on the Sandro Forte podcast, um, we've never really talked about this. And yet I've heard from people who've achieved extraordinary success in life and business or have overcome you know, some major challenge in life. We've never talked about stress. And, and that's a word that you've mentioned a few times now. Uh, it is something we're all aware of. It's something we, to a greater or lesser extent, live with. We accept it as part of our you know, daily process of, of dealing with life. And yet I know we all probably feel, to a greater or lesser extent, under stress most of the time. Some of us, uh, and, and I don't know whether there is a scientific or medical correlation between stress and certain illnesses like cancer, for example. But how do, how do people deal with stress? Um, is that something that you help them deal with in, by virtue of what you do with them, that process that you take them through? Um, because it is a big topic and no one ever talks about it. 100%. You know, um, stress is, is, is subjective and, can be, and there's objective stress and there's subjective stress, right? So, you know, you might look at someone and say, wow, they live such a stressful life. But when you ask them, they may have the complete opposite, you know, experience of that. No, I, I thrive in this. I enjoy this. I, you know, I do not feel stressed, even though I have, you know, perceptionally lots of stresses. And on the other side, you might look at someone and say, they live such a comfortable life. And, but you speak to them and they're like, I feel really stressed. I'm in a state of anxiety. I get panic attacks or I get sweatiness. I can't sleep. I'm a light sleeper. I have problems. And of course, stress is the older dodge, stress kills, stress kills. Why is that? Great question. The, the reality is, is that our biology is a set of reflexes, right? Our biology, our body is made up of a set of reflexes. And if we perceive a stressor, our body will react internally. We have reflexes that go on, a sympathetic nervous system will activate. We naturally produce more cortisol and adrenaline that will increase our heart rate, that will decrease our, our restorative state and predispose us to being more inflamed as well. It will raise our blood sugar, make us more likely to become, develop insulin resistance and prediabetes and obesity in the longer run. So that's just this one quick snippet into all of these processes that are triggered by the perception of stress, okay? Now, if we can continually live in that state, our body gets used to that. And we start to develop, the, we, we start to develop something called adrenal fatigue because our adrenal glands is what produces your stress-responding hormones, cortisol and adrenaline. 
And when that starts to happen, your reservoir goes down of cortisol and DHEA. That has downstream effects on your thyroid gland and on your sex hormones and your energy currency of your cells, right? And so if we just take, take a step back and we realize that a state of stress has all of these downstream effects that are going to also prevent us from managing that stress. It's only going to take us down a downward spiral. So state management is the number one thing that we, we like to work with our patients with. And what, what happens is once our members go through a journey with us, they become more aware, more conscious of their body, of their state. Because the, the, with anything, the number, first thing, if you want to improve something, is consciousness, is awareness. That's the first thing that you need to identify. Be, just stop for a second, breathe, reflect, be aware. And once you start to do that, you can start to identify the downward spiraling that may happen much earlier mm. right so if you if you for example if you want to stop drinking and you you, you drink a lot and that's something you want to work on you're going to become aware of when those thoughts first start right and then as soon as you start to become aware of when those thoughts they're going to start to start a bit why do those thoughts come what are the environments that triggers me to be thinking in that way what are the feelings that i get to make me want to have a drink right um and then you're going to start to unravel that and get to the root cause. Once you start to get to the root cause, you start to master yourself. This is the journey of self-mastery. In, in, and there is a biological conditioning that we, we over time become conditioned by our environment. Right? Right? And we don't live in two different environments. We live in a very stimulated environment. WhatsApp, emails. You know, Instagram, social media, Twitter, you know, that's a huge number of stimuli just coming from our phone and a device. Then we've got synthetic light coming from the blue light devices that we watch till late at night. You know, all of these, each stimuli that we get activates your adrenal response. So very, we're seeing it time and time again. Adrenal fatigue is so common and it's, it predisposes people to lose resilience. Right, but you can get resilience is also a state from your biology, right? That re that reserve that you have biologically, we can wear that down. Once you wear that biological reserve, that it's very difficult to get yourself out of that without looking after your health. You have to go back to health, and that's your foundation of your state of and experience of living as a human. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so, yes, to answer your question in a long way, I'm sorry, but stress is really important to to understand and to unpick and to help people appreciate that they, they can look after their body. They can spend time recovering. They can switch off. They should switch off. They should make that a part of their priority and their routine because without recovering, you can never perform to your best. And we see it also with across all spectrums for people that have autoimmune conditions or disease states that we're working with all the way to you would never think elite athletes at the top of their game. They're breaking out with cold sores and the week of their fight, they're not peaking at the right time. They're not prioritizing recovery and they're not looking at recovery protocols that they could be doing simple things to ensure even travel routines that they can be doing. And, you know, we're, we, we put ourselves under a lot of stress as humans mm. and the environment puts us under a lot of stress. And then we, individually put us, ourselves under a lot of stress. And I think 
I think life is a journey. It's a long journey. And when you, you will have periods where you will go into stress, but you don't need to go into it unprepared. You can go into those periods of difficulty, but you can prepare yourself and then put routines in place to support yourself to conquer those periods. Because, you know, this whole podcast is about not just surviving, you said surviving, but also thriving, mm. you know? And um, to thrive, you need to have a good baseline. And to survive, you need to have a good baseline. So you will have periods of feeling like you're surviving, but you have periods where you will consciously want to be thriving and that requires work. And that, you know, that's so that that's really fascinating for me to, to work with our members, to look at their vehicle and help them produce a state that they, they need to get, they want to get to um, so that they can achieve their life goals because that's what that's what the human vehicle is all about, right? And And sometimes the human vehicle many times gets in the way it stops us from achieving what we want to set out to achieve. And then we, we, we often see it, you know, people then start to kind of go down paths of, you know, um, shaming themselves or feeling, you know, feeling they're not good enough. And, but they've not taken a moment to think about, am I eating the right foods? Am I sleeping the right way? Am I controlling my stresses? Am I meditating? If I need to meditate, that's something for me. Have I looked at, you know, have I looked up, whether my hormones are balanced and whether my digestive tract is working optimally to take those nutrients out of our food in the first place. And, um, and am I setting myself up for success with my environment? I could go on talking to you all day because this is a, a huge subject and maybe we have to get you back and do a part B. But a um, couple of quick questions before we, we end up today. One out of fascination, really. And I think, again, a question that a lot of people will be wanting to ask you if they had access to you as I do today. And that is, you mentioned innovation earlier. I think a lot of people, and I guess my question would be, are you excited or are you really scared by, you know, the medical advances, people living? I mean, do you see a 200-year-old looking like a 40-year-old? Uh, do you see you know, transplant after transplant to keep people going. Are you are you excited about the future or does it concern you? I'm I'm excited with concern. And I think the it's we we're we're at an, an really exciting precipice of advancement in healthcare in society. And I think you know just what the internet has done for the transforming our experience in many ways machine learning and AI is going to be doing now and it's starting to do now. And I think I think the machine learning and AI in healthcare can be really, really powerful in the right hands. And um, we're excited by it. We're engaging with it. We're hoping that it can help scale this technologies. That's the most beautiful thing is and to help learn things. And I think machine learning in the in the uh, in the realm of prevention and optimization has a real role because traditional adoption of innovation in science has always been based around a linear approach is person A and person B has a disease. Person A gets drug A, gets better. Person B gets drug A, oh, drug B doesn't get better. So okay, we're gonna go into drug A, randomized controlled trials. But when someone doesn't have a disease state, right? It becomes a lot more difficult. It's no longer linear. It's multifactorial, and this is where I see the potential of machine learning and the, the computing power to look at multiple different processes at any given time to accelerate the 
accelerate the adoption of innovation in and around the, the pre-disease uh, healthcare element. And, um, and this is why it's even more important with these technological advancements, with not just AI and machine learning, it's super more important that we, we help people become more conscious and state aware because when people become more conscious and state aware, time and time again from our members and, uh, that we've worked with over the years, they just become nicer people. They become more conscious of themselves and conscious of their environment, you know, and they feel just more settled, more calm, more flow. And, and you've probably experienced it. I've experienced it. When we're in flow, we're just nicer people as well. You know, we make better decisions. We're more conscious of our environment. We're more conscious of our friends, family, loved ones. And I think, I think, um, I think, I think uh, that's really, you know, what the take-home message that it could go either way. It depends who's at, who's at the helm. Um, and we've seen that in, in our societies, who's driving those, you know, what's our media doing to, who is, who's media pushing on in front of us? What messages are they putting in front of us? Mm. Who's getting the airtime, you know, who's, um, and, uh, and yeah, so let, let's see, let's see. You, uh, you may have thought it a flippant comment earlier on when I said I'd be signing up, but I, I genuinely will be. So you've got, you've got one, new, uh, one new client, patient, whatever you want to call them. Um, for those listening that would like to know more, Dr. E, uh, website address, social media, how do, we, how do we find you? How do we connect with you? How do we learn more about what you're doing? Yes, please. I mean, do engage with us. This is, you are the fuel to our fire, right? This engagement process for my team, they love it when people are engaging, asking questions on our social media. So everything is human, but instead of the A, we have the number two, and that's all about the human 2.0 that we're working towards. And um, so H-U-M, number two, M.com, and the same handle for our social media channels um, um, on Instagram. And um, I think we're on Facebook as well, but Instagram is predominantly the main one right now. Uh, what else do we do? We're on Clubhouse at the Human Behavior Club. We we do shows there quite frequently across nutrition, movement, breath. You know, my whole team speaks there. So that's another place to engage with us. Um, drop us an email. Come and visit us. Come and see the center. Experiencing is believing. You know, to, you know we'll, we'll create an offer for all the listeners at the Sandra Forte. Um, so mention Sandra Forte and um, we'll, 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 we'll give you a nice experience when you come down to London and or we'll, we'll create an offer for you um, as well to, to get some discounts and, um, and definitely a free consultation, a health consultation. I'm looking, forward to, I'm looking forward to mentioning Sandro Forte when I walk in as Sandro yeah. Forte. That'd be interesting. Um, final question, Dr. E. We ask all our guests this one. And you know what? I think this is the first time we've never, ever talked about kind of the correlation between, you know, elite performance and, and sport and business. So it's been a really, really fascinating conversation. Again, a topic we could go on talking about all day, and I, I'm sure we'll get loads of amazing feedback from today. Um, but the final question we ask all our guests is, if you were talking to a younger version of yourself and that person were to say to you, if there were just one rule to live my life by, you know, whether it be the betterment of my health and, and the physical being that carries me through life or whether it's just a, a rule to be successful by in business or in, in life generally, what would that one, what would that mantra, what would that rule be for you? based on all of your experience, stem cell research, your time in America as a general practitioner and what you're doing now, what would that one thing be above everything else? I would say identify your value system and what you, what you, what you identify yourself, what 
the values you want to stay true to and use that as a compass for the rest of your life, as a barometer of your energy, your effort, and you and may only need to be one, two, three, four values. You know, identify those and use them as a barometer to guide your decision-making. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, that was, I've got to say, uh, one of the most fascinating conversations I've had on the Sandro Forty podcast in over three years. And I say that with no disrespect to anyone else. It's a subject matter that's really going to um, generate some, some chat amongst the, the listeners from around the world. And we look forward to hearing from you, whether you've got questions for Dr. E or we'll pass them on if you contact us in a normal way. Hello, Sandra's Ford, uh, Sandra40podcast.com. So, uh, Dr. E, what can I say? Thank you. It's been an amazing conversation, really enlightening, um, transformative for me personally, and I'm sure for a lot of people listening. Definitely will be availing myself of your services. Look forward to meeting and getting to know you better uh, in the months and years to come. But for now, because uh, time is against us, sadly, thank you very much indeed, Dr. E, for being a, an amazing guest on the Sandro Forte podcast. And I don't think I need to offer you luck for all you're doing because it sounds like it's taking care of itself. But I do actively encourage anyone listening to check out um, the website, the free resources, and of course, consider whether or not you can take advantage of the services being offered. So Dr. E, thank you again for being a fantastic guest on the podcast today. Thank you, Sandro. Thank you very much. And to all of you, once again, for joining us, here we are three and a bit years on. It's extraordinary how this is still rolling. Even if I wanted to give it up now, I don't think I could. Uh, so keep those emails coming. I uh, misquoted just now. It's hello at sandrospodcast.com, of course. And do remember to uh, connect with us on social media. And of course, Dr. E as well. It's human. Don't forget, it's got a little two in the middle. So H-U-M-2-N in Chelsea. The handles on social media and, of course, the website as well. If you'd like to email us with a question or you can contact uh, Dr. E himself, please feel free to do that. Remember to leave those reviews on iTunes, as always, because that shapes uh, the future of this podcast and lets us know what kinds of guests you'd like in the future. Um, so to all of you from all over the world, uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thank you once again for being a great and loyal audience. Hope you enjoyed it today and look forward to seeing you this time next week. Mm -hmm.